My Car Guru, episode 197. Well, this is Lenny Lawson, the car guru. I do have a confession to make. Um, I left a rather large carbon footprint this weekend and and really was a participant in a massive uh, carbon footprint. I don't know how much damage it did to the atmosphere. Probably melted, I don't know, a couple little icebergs up north. Who knows? But, uh, you know, I I actually pulled a trailer to uh, Road Atlanta, went to the Petit Le Mans which is a, an automobile race where they are actually using internal combustion engines going very fast for 10 hours. So that was the large carbon footprint. My somewhat moderate carbon footprint was pulling a trailer with my 2022 uh, Ford F-150 Power Boost. Now, under normal circumstances, this is a hybrid truck and, you know, fairly minimal uh, carbon footprint. I get about 22 miles to the gallon on the highway and about 18, 19 around town. It, it would get better if I hadn't lifted it and put a um, bigger tires on it. So that kind of, but it looks better. It just looks cool now. It looks like an F-250. But there's that carbon thing. So I was pulling a trailer, and if you drive a, an EcoBoost truck uh, under normal circumstances, you're going to get really low gas mileage when you pull a trailer. That's just the way it is. It went from, say, 22 on the highway to 8.7 miles per gallon. So, uh, you know, if you're thinking about buying a a camper and you're going to drive cross-country, don't buy an electric vehicle. Um, But, you know, just don't anticipate much fuel economy. I mean, maybe if you buy, like, an F-250 diesel, you might get 12 but then you're going to be paying $5 plus a gallon for diesel fuel. So, you know, gas is a lot cheaper now, but you're going to be getting eight, nine miles per gallon. So that's just the way it is when you want to go the RV route. I have another confession to make. I'm thinking about upgrading. Yeah, I have a 30, let's see, total overall length is 37 feet. I think it's officially a 34-foot travel trailer with three slide outs. I've talked about it on this radio show. We, um, it, it weighs, I think, 7,500 pounds empty, and it's a lot of fun. I mean, I like it. I'm starting to get into getting, mm, I'm starting to get into the camper thing. See, that wasn't so hard to say. And there's so many nice campgrounds and stuff. And plus, you know, if I get, if I upgrade, I would upgrade to a motorhome of some kind, but I'm not going to get one of those flat nosed class A motorhomes. I would go with a class C. I'm thinking about getting, since I'm a Ford dealer, I'm thinking about buying a Thor Magnitude 37. I camped in one this weekend at, at the race, and I just kind of fell in love with it a little bit. It's so much easier than pulling a travel trailer because a travel trailer like mine, you know, you've got to take a bunch of boards with you and different things so you can get it level. And it, it, then you put down the stands on, on the cor- corners. And, you know, once you a- actually in it, if somebody's moving around on the other side of the camper, you feel every movement. It just shakes you like crazy. And I'm just – I think we're going to do more camping because my grandson lives up in Ohio or n- northern Kentucky. And it's just – I'm tired of paying big hotel bills. Of course, I'll never get the ROI on the camper until I sell it. But I'd like to keep it. So I'm thinking about uh, this uh, Thor magnitude until I read the reviews on it. Not real good quality. 
not real encouraging. I would encourage, I would uh, recommend that before you buy anything, go in and just Google reviews on that particular vehicle, uh, whether it's uh, you know a Chevrolet Silverado or a Ford F one fifty, whatever. You know, you're going to read good and bad. Some people have horrendous experiences, and some people have just marvelous. You know, I guess I don't know. It's a luck of the draw, but the same thing with this camper. But the majority of them were not real good. So I started looking around. I just Googled top 10 rated um, Class C motorhomes. And one of them that came up was interesting to me. It's, it's made by Jayco. They've been around a long time. I once thought about buying a Jayco pop-up and ended up buying a StarCraft pop-up. That was the beginning of our camping experiences. And, boy, that was fun. I just couldn't sleep. You know, you pull into the campground, you get it all spread out and everything. It's just like a tent. And then you got some Jake leg down three spots down thinks achy, breaky heart needs to be played all night long at, at a very high volume. That burned me out on the, uh, the pop-up. So I decided to get a fully enclosed. At least it would muffle achy, breaky just a little bit. But that's uh, one of the things you get when camp. You never know who's going to pull in beside you. <clears throat> you know, if you're in a hotel and somebody's too loud, you just call the, you know, the front desk. If you're in a campground, you might get shot if you go complain about it. So you got to be careful. But some of these higher end campgrounds are really nice. So I'm kind of hooked. I'm thinking about uh, going on a, a cross country trip with my wife, and I think that'd be fun. With probably with this thing, I could actually pull a. Um, uh, up to 12,000. It has a 12,000-pound hitch on it, so I'm not going to pull anything that heavy, but I would probably pull something I can flat tow. You know, you see people do that a lot, and that's probably what I would do. But anyway, I decided to look around, and so I found this this camper by Jayco that is a Class C, but it has like a Freightliner um, truck. It's built on a Freightliner chassis, so the front of it just looks like, you know, one of these Freightliners that you'd see pulling a uh, a big long tractor trailer, and so uh, it has plenty of power. Has an Allison transmission, Cummins diesel engine. Sounds pretty good to me. Now price ranges though, it's it's about thirty forty thousand dollars more than this other one. But so I googled it just to see you know what kind of ratings it has, and mostly good. But there's one big hurdle yet to uh, go over, and that is the woman. I don't know that she's going to go along with this. Um, we try to make these decisions. You know, if I'm spending that much money, a couple hundred thousand dollars, I am going to get some approval. And can you get financing on these things? Well, matter of fact, you can. You can get pretty good rates. I checked Eastman Credit Union, and, you know, there's a lot of other nationwide companies that will finance RVs up to 180 months. No, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm probably thinking maybe 36 months, you know, pay about half down or – you know, and I'll sell my camper if anybody's interested. Four two three five five two twenty twenty. I bet we've we've probably camped about fifteen. I don't know, maybe eighteen times, and it's been great. I haven't heard it much, and uh, but I just I don't know. This is a, a process of I guess getting older, um, not really slowing down because I'm still in high gear, but I, I do like the idea of being a not having to stay in hotels all the time. Of course, campgrounds aren't that great either. But if you if you get something that's you know like this, a motorhome, it has a generator on it, and you can just go park at Walmart if you want to. Not that I really want to sleep at Walmart, 
On second thought, I think I'll just go back to the campground. Okay, I will be back here in just a minute with uh, some topics of interest to you automobile owners. All right, I'm back. You know, I'm just like you are. I buy stuff. I buy a lot of stuff I don't need, like some of the souvenirs I bought at the Petit Le Mans. I did not need another hat or another T-shirt. I did need those little uh, Hot Wheels car haulers with race cars that go in it for my grand uh, grandsons. I needed to do that. That was essential. And they are very happy with my selection. But you know, when you're going to buy something that you don't need, you know, it's, it's not about need most of the time anyway, you really do need to do a little bit of uh, research. I'm looking at a car magazine right now. Imagine that. Uh, Motor Trend. Um, there are several that I trust. Motor Trend, Car and Driver, Road and Track, Automobile. Uh, that's about it. Not Consumer Reports. Sorry. I just can't get over their Honda and Toyota bias. And you may be saying, well, they're really good. Well, not that much better than anybody else anymore. That you know, Really good um, was maybe 15 years ago. And now... There, it's you know we've we've got uh, equity, and that's what we need in this society, isn't it? But I was just looking at this Motor Trend magazine. If I was thinking about buying a, um, you know, anything, any any passenger car, SUV, crossover truck, I would Google uh, Motor Trend or Car and Driver review of that particular vehicle. For example, this one is comparing the all new Ford Lightning. That's the F-150 Lightning. That's the all-electric truck to a Rivian. Now, most of you have never heard of Rivian, but it is a uh, it was a startup. Ford actually invested in that company before they had built the first vehicle. I guess they were kind of captivated by the design. It is unique when you see it coming down the road. You'll know. Said that looks weird, but it is a. Uh, uh, a truck that has gotten some pretty good reviews so far, even though they haven't sold very many of them. They're expensive. Base price is 89000 for an electric truck. It's got four motors on it. You know, the, the new F-150 Lightning has just two. Uh, but the Rivian has one for each wheel. And I've been watching this really cool show called uh, Long Way Up, and, and they have another one called Long Way Down, and the other one's called Long Way Around. And it's Ewan McGregor, the guy that was on... Uh, Star Wars. He was uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars, if that helps at all. And he had a buddy that uh, he, they went on a motorcycle ride around the world, and then they went from Scotland to South Africa. That was a long way down. Around the world was a long way around. And long way up started at Tierra del Fuego, which is at the very tip of South America and went all the way to Los Angeles. But that time they, they used electric vehicles, and the the chase vehicles that they used were Rivians. I knew I'd get to the end of that here in just a minute. But anyway, the uh, the test in this magazine is between those two. And it talks about the, the, the highs and the lows, what they like about them, what they don't like about them, why one may be better than the other. Uh, they, they do some performance analysis, and they have a lot of specifications on here. And that's one of the things that, that I recommend that people look at. You know, you may read this stuff, and it just like it's kind of like reading a medical report, the last medical report you got. Uh, only other doctors can understand it. But uh, th this is not quite that complicated. 
And, you know, another thing these magazines do is they give um, they give reviews of upcoming vehicles. So it might be something that you want. You know, if you're going through the grocery store and you want, you know, where they sell magazines and you go by there and you see a, a road and track car and driver motor trend, just grab one someday. And just start at the front and start thumbing through and you'll see what I'm talking about. You know, they also do these special sections on... Uh, kind of features that are coming down the road and features that are on cars right now. Just like, uh, here's one on independent intelligent brakes, which could improve control and reduce emissions. Well, how is that going to work? Um, there's an article in here about charging stations and, and what you're really going to face when you get out there to try to charge your electric vehicle, which you probably aren't going to buy for another 10 or 15 years. Don't blame you. Uh, you know, I am a Ford dealer and I'm a Nissan dealer. We got the new Aria, Nissan Aria coming out. It's got about 300 miles of range. It's an SUV. It's really cool looking. And uh, it's great. You know, electric vehicles are fine as long as you're not traveling across country. But they're planning on improving that, so, so we shall see. But what we have now are good old-fashioned internal combustion engines and some hybrids and things like that. So, you know, you grab one of these magazines, and let's say you're interested in the new BMW uh, M5. Um, so you're comparing it. You're thinking about buying, a, I don't know, either a Mercedes or maybe the Cadillac. You know, I saw the Cadillac display at, uh, at the Vendor Village at Road Atlanta during the Petit Le Mans race I was at. They have this huge area where they have all this food, and you can buy T-shirts, and, and they have, let's see, Lexus was there, Hyundai was there. They actually race Hyundais. Um, Chevrolet was there. Ford was there. Who else? Acura was there. Matter of fact, Acura, Acura won the uh, race uh, in the uh, prototype class, and Porsche won in the um, sports car race. But anyway... So I'm looking at the specifications, and, and they've got a Cadillac here, a Mercedes, and a BMW. And these are three competitive vehicles. And so I get to see a comparison side by side. And they look at everything from, you know, horsepower to torque. Um, they look at the different types of transmissions, like one has an 8-speed, one has a 10-speed, one has a 9-speed. Uh, different brakes, braking systems, what the 0 to 60 acceleration times are. You know, that, that means a lot to somebody that wants a sports car. That means very little to somebody who's just worried about going to pick up their kids at school, unless they really want to get away really quickly. Uh, quarter mile times, braking from 60 to 0. You know, how quickly something breaks is about just as important, or really more important to the average consumer, is how quickly it gets, you know, and accelerates. I mean, I want, when I merge onto an interstate, I'm just like you, I want it to go. If I feel like I, somebody's, you know, trying to, uh, if I'm having a hard time merging, it's going to be less troublesome if I have a lot of power. So acceleration is important. Um, let's see. And then it has pricing. You know, it has a base price, and price is tested, how many safety features, what the warranty is, and you can compare all that stuff side by side just using this magazine. So that might be something that you want to do if you're actually in the market for something. You can find tests usually between the most fierce competitors. Like, for example, if you're looking at a Honda Accord, what other cars should you be considering? Are you just a Honda person? and you are not going to buy anything but a Honda. You know, if I were looking at a, an Accord, I would probably take a look 
at the uh, Camry. Um, now, personally, I probably wouldn't look at a Hyundai Sonata, but you might ought to because the price is much better. Uh, maybe a Nissan Altima might look at that. I don't know. Maybe even a VW Passat. So these are all four-door sedans that, that compete with each other, and it'd be nice to be able to see a side-by-side -side comparison of all of those, wouldn't it? Unless you're just, you know, like I say, zeroed in on a particular brand. Some people are brand loyal. Some people are dealership loyal. And uh, other people don't give a hoot. You know, they just want a good car. They want a good value. But still, I think you ought to do a little research. And then you, you ought to go put your rear end in the seat of these cars um, and compare them. You know, and get in the back seat and stuff. People say, well, I'll just order it online and have them deliver it to my house. Well, that's fine. You might just be sorely disappointed after you've owned it for about 90 days. So it's important to go test drive this stuff and make sure that it uh, fits you and that you can see out of it. You know, I've seen some some cars, like maybe an Accord or something like that, when I you know look over my left shoulder, I can't see anything. Or the mirrors are too small. I like bigger mirrors. You know, I, I didn't like them when I was younger, but I really like them now. And the backup cameras. You know, some cars just have really good backup cameras, and some of them stink. Well, not literally, but they, they just, you know, they don't really uh, show you what you need to see. And it's, I don't know, it's just not laid out as good. I've seen that in a lot of different vehicles. I'm hoping this motorhome that I'm buying, it's going to have cameras everywhere. I know it has them in the back. It has them on the sides. It has a forward-facing camera. You try parking one of those things. Uh, I'm an expert when it comes to backing up and parking trailers. Um, and I don't need uh, any technological assistance to back up a trailer. I know Ford has the Pro Assist little button on the dash. You know, I've never actually seen somebody use it, but it's supposed to be make you an expert in backing things up with, you know, as far as a trailer or a boat or something like that is concerned. But I don't need that. I got used to doing it the old fashioned way. I have gotten used to uh, cameras. I, at first, I didn't trust them. Um, it was foolish, I know, but I just was so used to looking over my shoulder and using mirrors, I felt more comfortable doing that. But the camera has saved me several times, and it can save you. But you want to make sure that you, you know, that the, the camera on the car that you're interested in worked good, you know, that it's big enough, and, and that you get several different views. That's just why it's so valuable to go on a test drive. So before I buy a motorhome and spend that kind of money, I'm going to go to the dealers in the Tri-Cities that sell the, the... I hope I can buy it in the Tri-Cities. If not, I may have to go to Knoxville or someplace else. You know, I'm chasing after a deal just like you would, but I'm doing my research first, and I'm going to go in and look at them. I'm, I'm looking at the reviews. Um, I'm looking for articles, you know, that and customer ratings. And, you know, just being very careful because this is probably, I don't know, probably a five to ten year decision that I'm making. And I want it to be a good one. So anyway, I just wanted to pass that information on to you. And I'll be back in just a minute. Okay, I'm back. You know, if you are in the market for a vehicle, you're going to find a different kind of situation at the dealership. We've been talking about this for the last year or so uh, because the inventories aren't there. And so you're going to be ordering your vehicle more than likely. There, yeah, you may find something on the lot that suits your needs. But if you don't, you're going to be ordering it. And that is the new model, folks. That's what's going to be happening. And dealers are, are adjusting their entire operation 
to be built around the ordering process and to make people feel comfortable with it. Now, it's been very uncomfortable lately because we had no time horizon for folks. You know, when they ordered something, we didn't have any idea when it was going to come in. Well, Ford and and a lot of other manufacturers are jumping all in, and technology-wise, in order to be able to keep customers informed of the status of their car. Now, I'm saying that if they can't build a car in six to eight weeks, then, you know, it's going to be a problem. But they're, they're saying they can get there and maybe even get lower than that because they're going to be building cars with fewer options. In other words, there won't be as many different things that you can order individually. Everything will be grouped into packages. So what Ford and GM and different companies can do is go ahead and build cars and have them sitting in, in uh, storage facilities just waiting for dealers to order them. Now, that's okay. Chrysler tried that at one time, and it almost put them out of business. So we'll see what happens. But I was reading about a dealer in Las Vegas who is actually changing everything. They actually pay salespeople commission on cars that are, that are ordered rather than when they're sold. And so, you know, we're, we're going to see fixed pricing. Uh, you'll be able to do all of your financing and everything online. Uh, you can ar- already do that to some degree at a lot of dealerships, but others, you know, are just a little bit behind the eight ball. We're all, uh, I guess, feeling this out. And uh, so if you go into a dealership today, though, it's, it's not going to be quite where it will be. We're probably a year or two off from having the technology and the, and the pandemic-related shortages out of the way. But, uh, you know, if you're in the market for something now, then, you know, you're in the market now, and you're just going to have to deal with what's out there. But our sales have been good at the dealership. We had a really good month in uh, September and hoping for more in October. You know, we're selling everything we get as fast as we can get it. We just don't have much on the lot. And, you know, a lot of stuff is ordered. If you want to order a vehicle, now's the time to order it. Uh, Because, I mean, if you're in the market and you think you're going to do, or you know you're going to do something in the next uh, three to six, eight months, order it now. Uh, Most dealers will not hold you um, accountable for buying the thing when it comes in. You know, if you leave a deposit, uh, you know, they might be a little stingy. I mean, typically, if somebody orders something from me and they end up backing out of it, I can sell it anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. But you make sure you understand and read the paperwork that you're signing when you order a vehicle, just like when you're buying it. Okay? Well, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru, and we will see you next time.